0: radicalized I am David's Michelangelo I am the wanderer above the sea fog I am Lazarus at the table I am the boy offering fish and bread I am Washington on the Delaware I am Armstrong on the moon I hold a sword in one hand and Medusa's head in the other I hold a sling in one hand and Goliath's head in the other I the preeminent man I the image of God I am a widower, I am a father, I am a defector. I am a sacred individual formed in eternity for eternity. Who stands in my way? To live free is defiance. To fill your lungs with the air you didn't make. To smile at our brother, the sun cresting over the mountains formed a million years ago. To embrace the mysteries of life and death. This is defiance. This is what makes us defectors. They fear not what we do, but what we remember about our own worth. My brothers and sisters, time is not moving in the direction we think. Even now, when I think back upon my own story, I wonder if I'm moving towards or away from the moment that set me upon this path. They came in the minutes before sunset as we all gathered around the table for dinner. The knock was not loud and only my son heard it. He went to answer the door, thinking perhaps it was a neighbor. Instead, five soldiers walked into the room. I asked everyone to remain calm. One of the soldiers, a man with a devilish face, presented charges against me. I had been accused of aiding revolutionary activities, a charge that I continued to deny. Yes, some of my friends and acquaintances had spoken of armed resistance. But I never once gave them any more aid than a listening ear, even if I agreed in principle with what they wished to accomplish. In those days, I still believed a man could quietly take care of his family and remain unengaged with the chaos around him. That is no longer true. He must press order on the chaos with all his might or else the chaos will consume him and all he loves. I told them the charges were not true, that I was not a political man. I encouraged them to examine my entire history, my work, what I'd said publicly, anything I'd ever shared. My highest aims were to provide for my family, to keep them safe. The devilish officer placed his hand on my son's head and said they would have a quick look around the house and be gone. There was no need to worry if I was telling the truth. Two soldiers remained at the table as we sat in silence, myself, my wife, my son, my daughter. I had no fear until I heard their footsteps in the attic. The footsteps paused. I knew in that moment I was a dead man. Years before when the authorities came house to house to buy back guns from citizens, I hid a simple revolver in the wall. The act was not done in anticipation of revolution, but to protect my family in a scenario that would threaten our lives. Perhaps a deranged intruder, or if we ever became destitute, I could sell the pistol to keep us going another month or two. It was the last resort of a last resort. I love you all, I said. One of the soldiers slapped me. The other soldiers returned to the kitchen, and the one with the devilish face placed the old revolver upon the table. I admitted the gun belonged to me. There was no use in lying. I could have said it belonged to the previous owner of the house, but they would have never believed me. When you're hunting for blood, you will find it. They asked us to rise from the table and make our way to the front yard. I expected them to detain me to place me in a truck and send me off to God knows where. So many had been erased, taken in the middle of the night. None knew their whereabouts, a work camp, an execution site, a prison. What was the difference? I would never see my family again. The guard led me to the street and kicked the back of my knees, knocking me to the pavement. Several of our neighbors came out to see what was going on. My wife and children remained silent. I had killed them. Do you understand? It does not mean I made the wrong choice by keeping the gun, but the choice to keep the gun is what killed them. The devilish officer brought my son forth and placed the loaded revolver in his trembling hands. The guard cocked the hammer and held his hand steady. Kill him, he said. My son burst into tears and the other soldiers smirked. One of them lit a cigarette. "'Kill him,' the officer said. "'We will also kill your mother and your sister, too, but we will leave you alive.' "'It's okay,' I said to him. "'I forgive you. It's okay. Do what they say. "'I will see you in the next life.' "'He could not pull the trigger himself. "'Impatient, the officer gripped my son's hand inside his own "'and forced him to pull the trigger.' I woke up in a field outside the city covered in blood. They must have dumped my body off the side of the road. I don't know how or why God kept me alive, but he did. He did. He made me for a reason and he kept me alive for a reason. I dragged myself into the middle of the road and collapsed. The next weeks brought me fever dreams, a kind of madness I could not escape. Throughout the night, faces would appear before me, and I did not know if they were real or imagined. I did not know if they were friends or enemies. In time, I came to believe I was being cared for in someone's home, but it could have been an illusion. It was also possible I was dead. One morning, I woke with clarity of mind. This was not a dream. I was alive. I would live. My head was bandaged, as was my chest. An old woman came to the doorway and said, it's time for you to go. She gave me a ride to a safe house and told me to get on the next bus. She warned that it would be pointless to go back home. No one lived there anymore. My wife was arrested. My children submitted into the protective system. To go home would only put me at risk of being seen and reported. If they believed I was dead, I would be wise to let them keep on believing it. I took the next bus and the driver told me to get off in seven stops. He, too, was a defector. And it was in this moment that I was truly awakened to a truth that should give you hope. There are more of us than you think. In the years to come, this will become ever more obvious, but I was so new to the idea of coordinated underground resistance Layered in every institution, in every community, even in government itself, are free men and women who remember who they truly are. Do not forfeit, do not surrender. A great swell will one day rise out of the ground and flood the false kingdoms they have built. The seventh stop became a gateway to an entirely new life. A life on the run, a life lived in hidden bedrooms, in the woods. In the company of men and women, I met one minute and trusted with my life the next. I was radicalized, emboldened, fearless. When you accept death and life are one and the same, no man can control you. I sat in the company of truly dangerous men who will die before they allow themselves to be captured. I worshipped in underground churches. I stowed away on trains, on ships, on buses. I met cowards and political dissidents of all stripes. Even amongst defectors, there are factions. Anarchists, sacred individualists, violent revolutionaries, pacifists. You will find them all on the road. Some are devils in their own right and seek to replace the power of the state with an equally dangerous power. I stayed for weeks and months in abandoned buildings, places that have not been conquered. I slept exposed in fields. I slept under the watch of heavily armed militias. At each new stop, I asked for information about my wife. No one recognized her name. Everyone has a name that keeps them awake at night, and you hope they're dead, so the suffering has ended. That is the news we all seek. The worst possible news would be that she is still alive, working in a camp, or far worse. Forced to serve the perversions of our rulers. to this day, I don't know if she is dead or alive. I know nothing of her fate. I only know that God loves her in this moment. I know nothing of my children. I only know that God loves them in this moment. Throughout these stops, I begin to hear mention of a warrior poet, a wandering figure who appeared amongst defectors to bring them courage. Was he real? Was this some kind of symbolic character? No one I met along my travels had ever met him, though all had heard, as I had heard, that he was indeed a living, breathing man. Some said he was the returned Christ, others, a madman who had deceived his believers, others, a simple man whose reputation had far outgrown his reality. I put no faith in his existence. Until one night, I came to a bridge over a river that had run dry. I climbed onto the edge and looked down. Have you ever been in a position where a single decision could end your life? A wave of temptation floods your heart, the devil moving in you, begging for you to extinguish the spark. I don't know if I would have jumped, but at once I heard footsteps. There, down the bridge, was a figure watching me. He was shrouded in mist, so I could not make out his face. He said nothing, I said nothing. We only watched one another for a moment, until I grabbed my pack and went the opposite direction. Dangerous men walk the lonely roads of our nation. If you aren't prepared, you run the risk of being assaulted, robbed, murdered. I could not take the chance, and so I hid on the hillside and made camp. Two days later, I made a campfire to warm my hands. A cold front had arrived during the night. On the horizon, I imagine the cries of the expendable millions. Those who are erased not simply for believing or acting at odds with their temporal rulers, but for remembering who they truly are, images of the Maker. The horizon is ever moving towards us. One day it will be here. One day I will feel the hot steel against the back of my head, just as I have felt it before. And if you are reading these words, the same fate awaits you. From the nearby woods, I heard a rustling, and then he appeared, as if emerging from another time, the same man from the bridge. He approached me without fear and sat on the other side of the fire. I knew without having to ask, this was the warrior poet, alive, real, in the flesh. I have come to bring you courage, he said. My brothers and sisters, I will keep moving. I will continue to live.